All right, welcome back, beautiful people. This is Forever Young. I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Daniel. Paul. And thank you so much for spending your time with us. Uh, we love all the positive feedback. Hopefully you're learning a little something. And please feel free, send in your questions, comments. Uh, you know, we love getting that feedback. So uh, today we have kind of a, a you know, up, it's a, a up-to-date, state-of-the-art medicine that's been uh, introduced. And I kind of wanted to talk about its use and then how we can uh, essentially avoid or, or correct some of uh, what we would call the Botox mishaps. And so, yeah, it's, it's this new medicine that we're going to talk about today is actually one of the cooler um, medications that have been introduced into cosmetic medicine in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's a very fun little trick to play on patients and yourself if you ever get a chance to try it. Um, the medication is called Upneek. U-P-N-E-E-Q. How does it work, Dr. Lakey? Well, the real generic medicine is oxymetazolone hydrochloride. And essentially, this is an alpha, a, 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 it's an adrenergic receptor or type of medicine that what it will do is it stimulates what's called Mueller's muscle in the upper eyelid. So it's a sympathomimetic. So imagine the fight or flight response. There's a tiny little muscle called the Mueller muscle that pulls up the eyelid and that gives you that shocked kind of look. Now imagine to a lesser extent, we put one drop of this medicine into the eye and the upper eyelid automatically raises. The second thing it does is it clears off some of the redness of the eye. So it essentially makes us look younger. So, you know, we kind of, you know, I alluded to it earlier. I, I, let's say there are two, two different scenarios, I think, that uh, this is really important. One, as we age, everybody feels that their upper eyelids just appear a little heavier or they feel heavier. Now, there is a medical or or a diagnosis called ptosis, P-T-O-S-I-S, where that the, the muscles that raise the eyelid actually start slipping backwards. And so the lid falls forward. So, you know, some people are born with it, congenital ptosis, but otherwise people, usually senile ptosis is what we call when we're aging. And, you know, when you look in the mirror, you see the pupil and the upper eyelid should hit the top of the iris. Now, as we age, that tends to fall a little bit. So the circular portion of the eye, we want it to be all the way to the top. Sometimes it falls downward as it reaches closer and closer to the pupil. It appears, almost people say, a lazy type of eye, right? So the second scenario is, let's say you've gotten Botox and uh, someone put it right in the, the, in the middle of the forehead where the 11s are, And all of a sudden, a a day or two later, you start noticing that one of your lids starts to drop a little bit. Well, before, uh, you know, again, Botox and any of the neuromodulators, any of these derivatives, uh, we had no antidote. So if if this happened to you, you had to wait till that product, you know, was eliminated by the body. And there are all kinds of exercises and things we would do to try and move some of the product out. But ultimately, you know, it could be a little unnerving for a while. This new medicine, Upneek, one drop to each eyelid 
stimulates that Mueller's muscle, which raises the eyelid as well. And in five to 15 minutes, you see the eyelid approach the top of the iris again. So the interesting part is we did this the other day in the office. We treated one eye first and then took a photo. And I will tell you that the results were dramatic. I mean, it just showed such an asymmetry and of what could be done. And now you eliminate some of the redness in the eyes as well, and the eye just looks more youthful. So then five minutes later, treated the other eye. It obviously restores the balance. But um, the interesting part is it lasts 8.3 hours. This is the study. So imagine, you know, whether you use it before you go out at night, before you go to work during the day, or you simply just want to do it on a daily basis uh, just to look more youthful. This is uh, an easy approach, uh, a little technique that you can uh, add one drop to each eye and just look more awake. And really, I mean, it, it, it really works. It's worked for everyone from, from the incredibly youthful eye that just becomes a little bit more youthful. Mm. Um, or the older person that I saw yesterday gave Botox to, and I said, hey, give this a try. Like, like Dr. Lakey said, it's, it really is something that when you just put it in one eye, um, you really see the difference. Now, this can be purchased um, at a provider. So just look, you know, you can look online, U-P-N-E-E-Q. We don't make any money off of this. It's, it's a company that sold it. We just bought some off of them and we have it on the shelf here because we think it's a really kind of novel, cool, you know, harmless way to treat this little bit of, of lid ptosis or lid lag. Um, the interesting part about it is the studies show that it really doesn't have any side effects, doesn't have any problems with it, doesn't change the color of your eyes, um, it doesn't cause any issues at all. So nothing to worry about, doesn't cause blurriness or, or you know, so if you put these in your eyes, you can, you can drive right after. It's, it's, it's a very easily tolerated uh, type of medication. Now, years ago, if you went and got Botox and there was too much Botox where your brows got heavy or your lids started lagging, there was another medication that we'd give people um, that was um, a drop. Um, you know, Luckily, we don't have to give that to people because I guess we know what we're doing, but it happens. And if this happens to you, you can always ask your practitioner if they don't have something like Upneak, it's another medicine called aproclonidine that does something very similar, tries to open up the, the lid and, and, and almost works almost exactly the same way. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I thought maybe, you know, it's interesting to segue into some of the mishaps that occur. So obviously a, a, a dropped brow or lid or something like that is extremely unnerving for a patient. And so we need to know some of the options that are out there. So obviously... Um, you know, we can use both of these topicals, aperclonidine as well as Upneek. Um, but let's say we'll do this. You have a 30-year-old patient that you just gave Botox to, two days later complains of one of the eyelids or, or, uh, or, or one of the eyelids being a, a little lazy per the patient. Um, what would your choice be? Well, normally, you know, it's one of these things that I like to tell people, Botox takes up to seven to 10 days, um, you know, two days, I, you know, you could see them and, and treat them, but I'd see them in person. And there are little tricks that we can use Botox as long as you know the facial musculature and you understand what muscles are brow depressors, which ones are brow elevators. These things are very important because you can really kind of 
play with putting a little bit of Botox, and remember, Botox or any t- type of neuromodulator, what it does is it slightly paralyzes the muscle. So you can't contract that muscle as well. So if you put it in an area that's pulling your brow or your lid down, mm-hmm. then you can kind of relax it. So one of the kind of tricks um, that I learned years ago by a guy named uh, Dr. Barry Douglas out in New York um, was to put a tiny little bit of Botox, about two units in the lateral brow. What that does is it really kind of relaxes the orbicularis muscle in that area that tends to pull the brow down. And sometimes that really remedies the problem. Very little. Now, the key to, to Botox in general is to go less is more. If you get your Botox from your practitioner and they don't put a ton in, the chances of becoming very heavy are very low. It's, it's a less chance that you're going to have that um, because you're not putting so much in and then you can kind of, in a way, uh, fix that as time goes on if there's any issues. Yeah. What other issue, what, you know, the other thing you can do is you can put a little bit more in, in where the glabellar muscle is or where, those, where the 211s are to try to pull the brows up there as well. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, every now and then I still run into a problem with someone who has very heavy, heavy brow and they spend all day raising their, their brow. And so as soon as you relax the frontalis muscles, of course it drops. Um, and sometimes, you know, the interesting part, and, and I'll go back to one of our previous podcasts with uh, Dr. Reside, and we talked about being, you know, fully trained uh, and boarded and things like that and, and what it takes to get there. Because knowing facial anatomy extremely well gets you out of issues and, 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 and difficult situations. Meaning, let's say you went to a med spa and you had someone give you Botox and all of a sudden your brow look, drops and you look very angry. Well, you got to be able to know how to reverse some of the, uh, the issue. Otherwise, that person is going to walk around uh, and give you... It's not just about giving the, the worst reviews. It's the fact that this is actually happening to people. So I think... Um, you know, and and listen, we've all had our issues where the product migrates somewhere else, and and it just causes an untoward effect. And so you just gotta have to you have to know how to to deal with it. So sometimes I found that even when those heavy brows, you had to inject underneath the brow where the corrugator actually you know is hanging or you know close to its insertion, because otherwise uh, you know the brow will never elevate. So. Yeah, you know, sometimes that corrugator you can't really hit because it's pulled down, like he's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so from going underneath the brow and injecting a little bit there really helps. Sometimes you see that really kind of thick, in a sense, very thickened um, glabellar region, or, or it doesn't really look like frontal bossing, but it gets very thick. And that's one way to really kind of help that. We have some exciting news on the Beverly Hills MD front. As a thank you to our loyal podcast listeners, we've created a special text offer for 20% off site-wide on any of our skincare products at beverlyhillsmd.com. All you need to do is text the word podcast to 33961 to get your 20% discount site-wide. By signing up via text, you agree to receive recurring automated promotional and personalized marketing text messages from Beverly Hills MD at the cell number used when signing up. Consent is not a condition of any purchase. 
Reply help for help and stop to cancel. Message frequency varies. Message and data rates may apply. Visit attn.tv forward slash Beverly Hills MD forward slash terms.html for terms and attnl.tv forward slash p slash four pe for privacy. Just text podcast to 33961 for 20% off any of our skincare products at beverlyhillsmd.com. Plus, you'll get a special access to new products, exclusive sales, and more. Dr. Daniel Poor and I will be back after a quick break. Um, how about I throw out some scenarios? Mm-hmm. And, and these, are, these are things that if you've ever gotten a neuromodulator like Botox, Dysport, ZMN, Juvo, any of these things, you may have run into some of these problems. And if you have, we're going to talk about some of the fixes. Mm-hmm. Okay, And I'll start with the, one of the most common things. And some people like this. And if you do, you know, God bless you. But the Spock eyebrow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Spock eyebrow where it literally looks like the midpoint of your brow is pulled up really high and the other two sides are pulled down. Um, what do we do to fix that? So the interesting part is uh, the frontalis muscle, which are two paired muscles along the forehead. Everyone has a different angle of divergence. And so, you know, when you look at, let's say I'm, I'm just a, a, an injector that took a weekend course and I look online and I see the, the little dots on where I'm supposed to inject, you're going to run into several issues if you keep doing the same pattern for every single person. So what I do is I follow, you know, first we for the corrugators and the glabella right in the center for those 11s, I have them frown. You see the pattern of the muscle. You see sometimes people have a very wide corrugator, and uh, which is the depressor of the brow. And sometimes if you just hit you know, very close to the center of the face, you're going to miss that lateral portion of the, of the uh, corrugator and you'll still have the 11. So you have to follow the pattern of those muscles. Now, for this particular problem where the frontalis muscle is strong on the, so we, let's say it usually means that we've put it cent- the Botox centrally or any neuromodulator centrally, and then the lateral aspect, so the outer aspect of the brow is pulled upward because that part of the frontalis is still working. So usually an easy fix is to put anywhere from two to four units over the trajectory where you see that muscle move and that will help soften the brow. And along the same lines, um, patient comes in, has Botox, everything looks really good, except they've got this crease right above their brow. And they're like, you know, my Botox looks great, but I have a little crease above the brow. Um, What do you do to fix that? Well, listen, again, it's using facial anatomy to your advantage. And sometimes even, listen, you can never be faulted if you put the tiniest amount of Botox in a particular area, because um, it's either going to do something or nothing. You know, the idea is we don't want an all or nothing. We want either it's essentially going to do a little bit of something and soften that, or it does nothing at all. So remember, this is if, if there's one thing you learned from this one podcast today, less is more. Mm-hmm. When you go to your injector, just say put as little as possible. I'll come back in a week. Mm-hmm. We're known for those guys. We always are very conservative. We give as little as possible. It doesn't mean that we make as much money, but it doesn't really matter. Um, we want everyone to be happy. And if they have to come back in a week or two, if you have to come back in a week or two, then great. We'll just give you a tiny little, what we call touch-up, 
and you're on your way and you have perfect Botox instead of having way too much. Because one of the main, you know, main complaints about Botox is, is that I feel really heavy. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can't move my brows. I feel like I look different. And we're not trying to make you look different. We're just trying to eliminate wrinkles. Now, there are subtle ways to, to and we've talked about this in our last, on our, in our previous podcast where it was just about Botox, on how to lift the brow or do things, you know, mess with facial anatomy. But we're not really trying to do that on every single person. We just want to make sure that those lines that are there look like they're as they're as inconspicuous possible, and they don't create lines in the future. The key for Botox is prevention. Remember, we're not treating as much as we are trying to prevent the, the progression of aging. And the idea with Botox again is that you are you're reducing fine lines and wrinkles when you're in repose, when you're not making a facial expression. You know, I, I always say the same thing. My six-year-old twins, when they raise their brow, you see wrinkles. But when they are done making the expression, it goes away. And that's the goal for, uh, you know, for Botox. That would be ideal. You know, we have a lot of actors here that come to the practice and they still need to make certain facial expressions. So you can imagine if you freeze someone's forehead, you know, they become less of an actor. You can't tell what they're trying to do. So for us, the goal is, you know, smaller injections in multiple different areas to help soften that um, so they can still make those expressions. So baby Botox is out. <laughs> no. Um, so what about um, people that come in and, and so you didn't inject them. Young lady comes in and has a crooked smile. So, you know, obviously this can be common where for people who are getting crow's feet injected because you have to imagine one of the major muscles, zygomaticus major, comes up towards where the orbicularis muscle is. The orbic- that's the circular muscle around the eye. And so if I go deep enough and add enough Botox around the sides of the eye and I come too far, you know, downward towards the cheek, you're actually going to hit a portion of the muscle that makes you smile. So... To avoid this, obviously, you know, we want to stay a little more superficial because believe it or not, that muscle is paper thin, uh, you know, it can be, so, but it wraps all the way around uh, the eyelid in a circular fashion. So let's say this, you're injected, your lid drops. Well, you can use apiclonidine or upneak. Let's say you inject and your brow drops. Now, what do you do? Now, again, it's, it's tough because for some people, you really just have to say, you might have to wait it out because mm-hmm. there may be way too much product in your frontalis muscle and it's just not letting you do anything. Now, the one trick is, again, a little tiny bit in the lateral brow to try to pick mm-hmm. it up. But sometimes if there's way too much product, the only thing you can do is just wait. Um, yeah, I mean, first thing you do is make sure that a depressor still isn't working. Mm-hmm. So, and if you have to inject even underneath the brow, you know, to get that full corrugator, uh, you know, to help raise, even if it's a millimeter, trust me, uh, you'll you'll be happier. And then the lateral brow, again, that circular muscle, if I relax all the way around the corner of the eye where the crow's feet form, the brow slowly starts to uh, raise. So that is definitely, um, you know, one of the options. I think, have you have you seen more and more people using Botox 
other than what it's intended for, meaning so all the you time, know. you know, and 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 we'll just kind of hit on this because because we're we're talking about Botox. Um, one of the big trends lately is the the upper lip lift. Um, one of the one of the one of the simplest way to give yourself a little bit more tooth show or a little bit more of a of a like a little bit more of a pop to your lip is putting two units up right in that white roll of your your upper or vermilion border of your upper lip right by the cupid's bow or filter columns what that does is it relaxes the the orbicularis muscle um, that's there and it just makes the lip just pop just a little bit now one thing to tell you is that for the first week, you're going to feel a little weird. You're going to feel like you can't purse your lips. You're going to feel like you can't whistle. You're going to feel like you may even drool. That gets better. People love it. It's very easily tolerated. That's one of like the cool little tricks you can use. You can also use Botox in, you know, again, if you know the anatomy, um, you use it in the depressor muscle of the, the actual, the corner of the lip, of, of the, you know, of the mouth. Mm-hmm. So, some as we age, everything seems to try to it just kind of droops, everything kind of falls. And the one trick to doing that is putting a tiny little bit in those depressor muscles, and that basically turns the frown upside down. Mm-hmm. So you can you can go back up. Now, some people may come and it may be asymmetric. And the reason it is is maybe you had some of the product hit one muscle really well and not the other muscle. So by mm-hmm. putting a little bit on the other side, you can even it out. Um, what else? I've seen, so the new thing is, not necessarily new, but it's it's definitely popular is, you know, trying to uh, sharpen up the jawline, you know, mm-hmm. doing what's called the Nefertiti lift, you know, platysma muscles and things like that. They can be great. However, I have seen a patient that came in after the injections and the bottom lip was very stiff. Some people, now obviously there are multiple muscles uh, that lower the lip, um, that allow you to have that wide smile uh, or full smile, I should say. Um, and sometimes when you are doing the Nefertiti lift or platysma injections, you know, when you get really close to the chin, sometimes you have to be careful. Now, do we inject into the mentalis muscle for an overactive chin? Yes, we do. But remember, close by, a few millimeters away, is the depressor anguli oris. There are multiple different um, muscles that depress the lip. And so if that product goes into those areas, you're going to have a half smile. Exactly. The upper lip will smile, bottom lip will be very stiff, and it looks, uh, you know, it can look ridiculous. And you can always even it out by having someone come in and just give them a little bit on the other side. Again, this really has to do with going to somebody who knows what the agonist and antagonist muscles are in the face, which muscles really turn the, the smile up and down. You know, there are muscles that bring the the, the tip of the nose up and down. There, there are muscles that flare, there, there are muscles that flare the nostrils. There are ones that close the eyes and open the eyes. So these are all very important. Um, and if you And if you get even a little tiny little bit of this neuromodulator in there, it can really make your face look very asymmetric. So if that happens, there are ways to kind of even it out. Now, I'm just going to go back to Upneek just for one more second. Mm. And because there's a lot of people that have contact lenses. And if you have contact lenses, you can still do this. Um, however, put the drop in first 
and then put your contacts in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this is something that that really is, is very <laughs> exciting. Um, Dr. Lakey and I are the type of people that we like to we like to try everything, and anything that's on the market, we are we are probably as cutting edge and as on the forefront of of, of trying to find all the coolest newest tools to make people feel better and 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 to f- make people make people look and feel better. So we'll try it. And most of the stuff, if we can try it ourselves, we will. Mm-hmm. And this one we did and, and we were sold. So it's one of those things that if you can get your hands on it just for fun, even if you could put it in one eye and check the other one and, and see, I highly recommend it. I think it was really easy to do. And, and the cost behind it wasn't much either. I think it was, um, I think it's $250 for a month and a half supply. Um, and yeah, again, 40, that's doing it every 40, day. 45 uses. So it doesn't even have to be a month and a half. It could be you know, you may not use it every day. So 45 uses for uh, 250 bucks, I think it's, it's, it's pretty good. And again, guys, we have, there's, there's no money coming in our pocket if you go to your practitioner and buy this. We did not come up with this as much as I think it's a, it's a great idea. Um, it's just something that, that's new in the, in the cosmetic field and, and we think it's really exciting and, and we wanted to kind of tell you guys about it as well. Yeah, listen. So again, I mean, you have the option. Aperclonidine is a prescription. It uh, it does something very similar. Sometimes you get a little dry eye with it. Um, the good part about Upneak is that you can use it over and over without having any rebound effect, even though it is an oxymetazolone, very sif- uh, similar to Afrin. Um, and uh, you know, uh, that the, as the Dr. Daniel Poor said, it's uh, 250 bucks uh, for 45 uses. So listen, if you're up for it, come try it. Uh, you, you know, we have it at our office, uh, the multiple offices around the area will have it as well. Hopefully you learned something today. Uh, beware of the inexperienced injector. And we do have some options for certain cases. Uh, thank, please send in some more of your uh, feedback and questions. Once again, this is Forever Young. I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielpour. You can listen to us on the Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Peace. From iHeartRadio, Forever Young is a Cavalry Audio Golden Hippo production. We are produced by Brandon Morgan. Josh Windish does our editing and mixing. Payment and I serve as executive producers along with Dana Brunetti and Keegan Rosenberger. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.